join me in a word of prayer as we uh, begin our time together today. Gracious and holy Father, we say thank you uh, because you are a faithful God, a faithful God who loves us and cares for us and um, is intentional about blessing us. Um, and so today as we take a little bit of time to uh, look at this priestly blessing that you uh, gave to Moses to give to Aaron on our behalf. Uh, just be with us and help shape our understanding. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Our text today comes from Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. It reads as follows. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The words of the Lord for the people of God. I just want to title this text today, Blessed. I um, have a daughter, a 14-year-old. Well, actually, she just turned 15. Um, and oftentimes when we disagree um, about something um, or in any moment where she feels like my wife and I are being too strict, um, that something that we are asking her to do or not to do or something we're trying to keep her from uh, just feels invasive and overly uh, strict or overly protective, uh, she likes to compare. And oftentimes that comparison will be um, to the life of a friend of hers who has it way better than her, right? And I think if you are a parent or uh, any type of leadership role, when somebody tries to compare, like everybody's situation is always better, right? This is where the whole term, the grass is greener on the other side. So, you know, she's often like, hey, well, so-and-so's parents let them do whatever this particular thing that we're trying to say that she can't do. Uh, there's, there's this comparison uh, that says that um, there is something better somewhere else. Now, if I'm being honest, there's this petty part of me, um, especially uh, being a youth pastor and knowing a large group of kids in most churches that I've served. You know, I'm always tempted to kind of combat that comparison with comparing her to another kid, right? The, the random Doogie Hauser kid that graduated from high school at 13 or uh, the one out of 15 kids who actually keeps their room clean, right? There's this part, this part of me that wants to say, well, if you want to compare here, I can compare uh, there. But luckily, as I got closer to 40, I'm a little bit more mature than that. A little bit. Uh, but ultimately, I simply say it's not fair to compare. Because our reminder, we don't know what happens in anyone else's household. We don't know their circumstances. We don't know uh, what happens behind closed doors. And so it's unfair to compare uh, what we see. And part of what I hope to accomplish uh, with taking that approach in the conversation um, is helping my daughter understand uh, that I'm trying to create a culture in our household, um, a Sanders culture, a Sanders approach to life that looks very different from the other households that she may be in contact with. And I believe that to some degree we can see this in our own relationship with God. 
think at best we celebrate with our brothers and sisters when we see wonderful things happen in their lives. But I believe many of us can resonate with those moments where we see God do some amazing things. Uh, We see God bless someone in certain ways, uh, but we wonder why he isn't doing that for us. I'd even take it a little bit further. And I don't know about you, but I've even had those moments where I, I have those folks in my life who who are not followers of Jesus. And it seems like everything is working out for them. And I can find myself in those moments thinking about um, all of the things that, uh, th- that my relationship with God restricts me from. Like, I, I find myself in those moments thinking, well, this person doesn't love Jesus. And look at all these amazing things happening to them. And start to soak about the things that I feel like are missing in my life. And oftentimes, the comparison or our tendency to compare uh, robs us of the joy and of the beauty of what it means to be in relationship, particularly in relationship with God. One of the important aspects of this text uh, is the realization uh, that God was beginning to establish the children of Israel as his own. God was doing something new. Uh, Like we hear so often, God was setting them apart for service unto himself. So a lot of what we see happening in these early chapters, once uh, the children of Israel have been uh, delivered from captivity in Egypt, uh, was God defining what it meant to be children of God. So at this point, uh, God had delivered them from uh, the hands of Pharaoh and slavery in Egypt. He is preparing them for their journey in the wilderness. Uh, He is establishing order amongst the people. Uh, You see even earlier in chapter 6, he is uh, telling them what it means to take a Nazarite vow. He is helping them define and shape post uh, this being captured or this captivity saying, like, here's what it means to be children of God. Here is what it means to be followers of me. We're doing this new thing. They don't really know him well. They don't know much about God. They've been in captivity. Um, And so once again, God is making them his own. But I think the thing that we need to take into consideration is that prior to this, they have had access to other gods. They have had access to other cultures. They've had access to other experiences. And so there's something for them to compare it to. That this relationship with God is new, but for these years they've been in captivity, they don't know much about him. And so as they are developing relationship, they're trying to understand. He is giving them the tools to understand who uh, he is. And I think that one of the things that make this text really important because God is giving Moses the language to give to Aaron, his priest, to shape how the children of Israel understand what it means to be blessed. Blessing was not an unfamiliar concept because uh, there were uh, many sibling rivalries in Scripture that were centered around being blessed by the Father. Uh, If you consider uh, Esau and 
Jacob and how uh, he, he tricked his brother out of his blessing for a bowl of soup. So being blessed was a very important thing. It wasn't a new concept. It was something that people sought. As a matter of fact, you can argue that the children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt as a result of this desire to be blessed because Joseph's brothers were so angry that even though he was the youngest, his father showed favor to him so much so that they sold him. And we know the trajectory of Joseph's life and how his family and the children of Israel ended up in Egypt and that they found themselves in captivity because after so long, the Pharaoh didn't know who Joseph was and what Joseph had done. And so the Israelites became a threat. And so blessing was a huge deal. And so then in verse 22, it says, the Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. And so God is giving really specific instructions uh, to his priests saying, here is how I define blessing. Here is how you are to pronounce blessings on my people. Here is what blessing looks like. He goes on to say, tell, say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And I know that this a particular uh, 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 blessing is something that we are all pretty familiar with. If we've been in church any amount of time in our life, this is probably being used as a benediction in some form. Amen. So this is this is not something that's unfamiliar. But I believe that what happens oftentimes is that we we say things so much, we use things so much that we can often forget the depth and the richness of the meaning behind it. And so the first thing that I want us to point out is that in verse 24, where it says the Lord bless you and keep you, that the first aspect of blessing that God was pronouncing upon his children is that blessing is God's protection. That blessing is God's protection. The Lord bless you and keep you. He is evoking God's protection. And when we see the word keep, it's not just this aspect of hoarding or keeping things to ourselves. But, but what it is saying is that because you are my children, I will guard you. I will do everything in my power, in my omnipotent power to keep you from hurt, to keep you from harm, to keep you from danger, to keep you from things that will separate you from me. That part of how I will bless you is to protect you. And as they were headed into the wilderness, they were going to need protection. And sometimes the protection were from forces from without, but oftentimes the protection came from or was needed from forces from within. I've always heard the, the old church folks when I was growing up say, oh, Lord, thank you for protecting me from danger seen and unseen. Oftentimes we can be thankful for the many ways that we know that God has protected us, but there's oftentimes where God is protecting us from things that we don't even know about. Sometimes those things that God is protecting them from is things that we bring on ourselves. There are things that we have wanted and things that we've wanted to do, places that we've wanted to go and things that we've wanted to get involved with that weren't good for us. And somehow door after door after door was closed before we realized that it was God trying to say no. That it was God putting a big stop sign on us. 
And if we expand that beyond our personal experience, the other realization is that I think that God also does that in the life of our churches, in the life of our church. There are probably things, if we look back over the rich history of our congregation, things that we wanted to do or things that we wanted to try, and it seems like no matter how hard we worked or how much we planted, it just seemed like they didn't work out. Maybe, brothers and sisters, it was God protecting us. And even though we were disappointed or even though we didn't understand in the time, but God was going before us, he has promised to protect us as his children, much like he promised the children of Israel as he was establishing his relationship with them, established what it means to be blessed. The same pronunciation can be made upon us that God, because we are his children, is blessing us and keeping us. That part of the way that we can understand that we are constantly being blessed is to know that God is protecting us from hurt and harm. The next thing we see is this. In verse 25, it says, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The second thing that I want to lift up is blessing is grace. That blessing is grace. Grace, graciousness as a favor from God that uh, has God show us beneficial action. This graciousness is God looking upon me. And even in the midst of my struggles and all the ways that I fall short of his expectation, still doing things on my on my behalf that benefit me. I, I see this picture where it says to make his face shine upon you where he is looking down upon us. And even though we're acting crazy and doing crazy things and constant falling short of his glory, he is still watching over us and giving us chance after chance after chance. For whatever reason, I keep thinking about kids, but it's kind of that, 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 that look, you ever see your kid actively doing something that you, like part of you says like they probably deserve a spanking? This is if you spank in your household. I know that spanking is looked down upon, so I don't spank just in case. No need to call CPS. But, but it, it's that moment when you're looking, and there's this, this, this smile that comes that says, ah, you should really have a timeout right now. But gosh, I love you. I, I know you don't understand what you're doing right now. Let me, let, me, let, let, let me redirect you so maybe in the graciousness that I'm showing you, uh, as you continue in your life, you won't make the same mistakes. I, I, I imagine that God uh, making his face to shine upon us is looking at us in our worst moments, reminding himself how much he loves us and continuing to give us chances even though we don't deserve it continuing to wake us up, continuing to start us on our way, continuing to allow us to serve in our imperfection, continuing to allow us these different uh, desires of our heart. Because the reality of the fact, brothers and sisters, is none of us really can earn or are worthy of the things that we have. This graciousness is this reminder that because of God's love for us, because he has called us his children, because he has made us his own, he has shown us grace and favor, and we are receiving things. And no matter how hard we try, we can't work for, we don't deserve, we can't earn. He simply is giving them to us because. 
And so what God is hoping to establish with the children of Israel is that he is helping them see what blessing means uh, to him, what it means to be blessed by him. He first starts off by letting them know that they will be protected. Uh, he then goes on to let them know that he will show them grace. So there's no need to be perfect. There's no need to always get it right. And in those moments when I try, there's grace. In those moments when I don't try, there's grace. And it's something uh, uh, comforting about God's grace that knows that he won't condemn me, that he will never leave me nor forsake me, that his love for me is so strong uh, that because I call him father, because I've given my life to him and he calls me his child, that I will receive his grace. <coughs> the next thing is this. In verse 26, it says, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. This next concept is this reminder that blessing is wholeness. That blessing is wholeness. This word peace that often comes up, particularly uh, in the Old Testament, is translated from the word shalom that means wholeness. I joke around because most of my family is gone this week. Brandy and Sarabi are in Seattle. And Brandy's, uh, our cousin that's staying with us is gone for the weekend as well. So it's just been me and Ryan. And I called Brandy the first night and I said, man, I didn't realize how much noise y'all make. Like, I, I, it was eerie how quiet my house was once Ryan went to sleep. Like, there wasn't any, like, you know, YouTube coming from Robbie's room with the fan in the window. You know, Maria didn't have her TV blasting. Like, all the different noises that happen all over the house. It's kind of like you wake up in the middle of the night. It's like, is, is somebody really still up at 4.30? Like, you... Maybe it's just maybe it's just my house that's noisy, but I, but I, but I woke up in the middle of the night and I realized it's like, oh man, it's it's peaceful. But the peace of God is something way deeper than quietness, way deeper than stillness. Uh, the, the peace that God wants us to experience um, is rooted in His work through Jesus Christ. That God was is constantly working to make us whole. That because of sin, we are incomplete. Because of sin, we are constantly in this battle to stay connected to God, our Father. And he is promising that as people um, who are called by his name, that he is constantly working to make us whole. That those parts of us that are, are, are missing, those parts of us that feel disconnected, those parts of us that feel lost, those parts of us that are, that are in need, he is working to feel. Depending on what translation you have, in, in, in this translation it says the Lord turned his face towards you. In other translations it says the Lord lift his countenance upon you. It's this, this realization uh, that, that God is constantly watching you, that God is, his presence is hovering over you, and he knows more about what you need than you know yourself. It's it's, it's those moments when you, when you feel God's presence and you're like, you know what, I, I didn't know I needed that hug. I didn't know I needed that phone call. I didn't know I needed this friendship. 
I didn't, I didn't know that I needed to get fired from this job. I didn't know that I needed this, this, this new job. It's all the different ways that God is saying, listen, I'm going to give you what you need in this moment. God's countenance. His face turning toward us to to ensure that as we journey through life, we will be made whole through our relationship with him. And so God then is making this proclamation through his priestly servant, through his servant Aaron and and, and his sons by saying, uh, this is how you bless them. You uh, will let them know that I will constantly protect them. Let them know that I will constantly show grace to them because of my favor and nothing else. Let them know that I will constantly be watching them to make sure that their needs are being met. And then in verse 27, it goes on to say this, so they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. As he is consecrating them unto himself, as he is claiming them as their own, then his final reminder is that all of the blessings that they experience come from God, from Yahweh, the, the, the God of Israel, not Molech and, uh, uh, and all of the other gods that were present in that time. He, he has to separate himself. This is he was separating his people. He was distinguishing himself from the other gods, the, the, the lesser gods. The, uh, this is why we call him the king of king and the Lord. So, Lord, God is the almighty. And so he is stamping himself into their hearts. And so what it looks like, brothers and sisters, for us to experience blessings is this reminder that we serve a God who is protecting us, that we serve a God who shows us grace and favor, that we serve a God who wants to see us whole. Brothers and sisters, I think because we use the word blessed so freely, we have forgotten how powerful the word is and what it means to evoke the blessing of God in a person's life. And part of the difficulty of understanding the power of blessing is because its meaning has gotten watered down over the years. Too many times when we hear the word blessing, we immediately think about material goods. I'm blessed because I have this. I'm blessed because I have that as opposed to recognizing that my blessings come from my connection to Almighty God. And the meaning of blessing has gotten so lost because of this that oftentimes when we don't have or when we feel like we're in lack, we begin to feel like we aren't blessed. But I believe if we allow ourselves and we allow this text to to, to reshape or guide what it means for us to be blessed, I believe that we can recapture the essence of what it means to be blessed by God. Because another problem that we often struggle with is that we have allowed circumstances to dictate whether we feel blessed or not. But even in the midst of struggle, we are blessed. Even in those moments when we don't feel like things are going the way that we think they should, we are blessed. Even though I've experienced disappointment, I am blessed. 
That's why the song says we're blessed in the city, we're blessed in the field, we're blessed when we come and when we go, because even in the midst of the turmoil and the struggle that is happening, God is still watching over us. God is protecting us. God is showing us grace. God is showing us mercy. God is reminding us every step of the way that he has claimed us for his own. So as I reflect on this text, then I am reminded of the words of David in Psalm 34, because when I think about the fact that I have been blessed, when I allow myself to rejoice in the fact that I have been blessed, then I ask myself, then how should I respond in thankfulness to God? And David simply says this. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul makes his boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Brothers and sisters, I invite you that despite what's happening in our lives right now, to be excited and be comforted by the fact that God has claimed us for his own and that he is blessing us, that he is protecting us, that he is showing us grace, he is working toward our holiness. So I invite you to join me in the chorus as we magnify the Lord and exalt his name together. Brothers and sisters, we are blessed. We are blessed. Let's pray.